You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on charity season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 348. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got another great show for you today. It is Emily Longeretta, multi-time guest on this podcast. She is the senior feature editor for Variety. Wanted to have her on this week to talk about the strike that's going on with the Writers Guild Association, SAG and AFTRA, how it affects what we're seeing on streaming, what we're going to see on network TV, how long is this thing going to last. Also, does it affect 90s con like we talked about earlier this week? So many things to talk about Emily with, and we'll get to that momentarily. So in talking to Emily, you will hear us cover all those topics. But before we get to her, um, I hope you all watched Temptation Island <laughs> last, last night. If not, also The Big D, I thought two of the best episodes of the season I almost can't wait till next week's episode. I said this on the Daily Roundup today. Next week's episode for Temptation Island, it's like, holy shit, it's already video time. And we know one of the changes they made to the beginning of the season is some of the singles can leave video messages for the people and the couples. But we've seen the last bonfire. The end of last week's episode was the male bonfire. Every single one of those guys, Hall, Great, Chris, Roberto, we're basically like, I'm done with who I came here with. I'm done with my girlfriend slash fiance. Then at the beginning of last night's episode, all those women were seemingly done with the men too. Like, I would be stunned if any of these couples stayed together at the end of this thing. And even if they did, by the time they shot the reunion show or in real time now, there's no way anyone's still together. Not a fucking chance. And if it is, they're not lasting. I'm sorry. This thing was way too traumatic this season. All of them seemingly hooked up with somebody else. The only one we haven't physically seen hook up is the one guy who's about to leave his fiance, and that's Hall. I have not seen him make out with Michaela once. We've seen Roberto make out. We've seen Great have sex. We've seen Chris make out. On the women's side, we haven't seen Caitlyn do anything, but we've seen Paris in bed. We've seen Vanessa. I believe she finally kissed a guy this week. And we've certainly seen Maricela uh, take her top off last night, go in a shower. I mean, it's just there's no way once they watch all this back that any of these couples are still together. Because remember, this filmed last summer. And then they filmed the reunion show well before the first episode of this even aired. They filmed the reunion show in like March. This thing didn't start airing until June. <laughs> so you've got whatever happened at the final bonfire during filming last summer. Then what happened in those six months from the time the show ended filming to the time they shot the reunion show? Maybe it was four or five months. I don't know the exact. And then that was four or five months ago. And then where are they at right now? I mean, this is it's crazy the amount of time that has elapsed between when they filmed this thing, when they filmed the reunion show and then real time right now. So I can't wait for next week. As I said on Daily Roundup, do outside of the one we saw in the previews, do any of these couples leave a video message for their significant other? It seems like they're all done. And if they do leave a video message, I don't think it's going to be anything re remotely emotional and remotely. Hey, babe, miss you so much. I think about you all the time. It is going to be like a tongue lashing for what they've seen at the bonfire clips. The Big D last night, really good show. I'm telling you, if you're you're missing out if you're not watching The Big D. And you know me. I'm promoting both Temptation Island and The Big D. I've got no collaboration with either of them. Just like while I did collaborate with Coming Out for Love because we were in a paid collaboration, that was only for the first four weeks of the season. That's all I was contractually obligated to do. And I've told you numerous times since then, that show is getting better and better every week. And tomorrow is episode, is it 10 or 11? I'm always forgetting the numbers. It's either 10 or 11. So we only got five episodes left. Uh, and Coming Out for Love is getting, to me, the most realistic and authentic dating show in the reality TV realm that we've ever seen. 
So go to comingoutforlove.com, click your bundle, promo code is realitysteve, check that out. Gets you 15% off uh, your order. Now, as for the big D last night, it was crazy because I told you going in, you're going to have this range of emotions watching the episode. You think Dean is a total asshole with the way he talked to Devin, and then the very next scene, the guy's brought to tears talking about how he owned the fact that he separated from his wife because he was fucking up. And then later on in the episode, he's fighting with Devin again. You know, and, and but then he's back with Amber, and they're both emotional. You've got everything going on with Angelique and Ben. Like, that was tough to watch because the whole point of going to that island and going to Costa Rica and being on this show was to move on, either move on from your ex or rekindle. And when Angelique and Ben are in this situation, they're married for 14 years, it's very hard to just let somebody go like that that you were married to for 14 years and now you got to sit there and watch her in the jacuzzi with David, kissing, hugging, holding hands, sitting on his lap. That can't be easy for Ben. So they get their private time after they go snorkeling, and it was super emotional for both of them, and I can see why. But Angelique's like, you got to let me go. But I think they left in the line of Ben telling Angelique, I've seen you basically fall very quickly, and then it goes nowhere. And then all of a sudden, next week in the previews, we see David saying Angelique is pulling away. So... Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that means Angelique got back together with Ben. Who knows? But such a really good show. The, obviously, the talk of the last night's episode was Takur and his behavior. And you, you just want to absolutely wring his neck. You want to yell at the TV. You want to call him a pig. You want to call him a misogynist. He was doing all those things. He was being a complete asshole to Joe. Then he made Dee cry yet again because he was drunk and being belligerent. Then he tells Casey she gives literally the worst advice when she probably gives the best advice of anybody out there based on the clips and the video footage that we've seen. But then the very next day, you see him go into a session with Dr. Jada and a guy opens up about how he was abused as a kid. And then you're just like, man, now I maybe I kind of get it. Maybe, I, you know, doesn't excuse it, but he acknowledges the fact that his past played a major role on how he acts right now, and he acknowledges the fact that he has some major issues. He thinks it's jealousy. Dr. Jada thinks it's fear, but he knows he has screwed up, and now he's looking to fix it. So as long as he's true to that, and as long as he is honestly trying to fix it, then I'm fine with Takur. If he just goes back to being an asshole to Joe or whoever and continues to drink out there and talk out of his ass, then it, it what he said in that session with Dr. Jada just kind of loses its luster because it looks like he's not willing to work on himself. But at least as of last night, acknowledges his major faults, acknowledges his screw-ups, and knows he needs to be better. And that's, I guess, the point of this whole show, you know, is learn more about yourself and change your behavior if it's awful, like it was for Takur last night. This podcast is brought to you by Earth Echo Foods and their healthy, feel-good, superfood product called Cacao Bliss. You guys, I know you love chocolate. Who doesn't love chocolate? We all do. But sometimes chocolate can get a little bit fattening, right? How would you like to fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate? It's helping you reduce your cravings, facilitates weight loss, boosts your energy, helps combat inflammation with one simple delicious drink. Not only that, it's gluten-free, paleo, keto, vegan, and vegetarian, diet-friendly. For me, this is something that I've now incorporated into my diet to where I can put this in a blender with milk, milk with ice, milk with bananas, I can put it in. I haven't done it yet, but you can put it in. You can put it in any sort of baking stuff, cookies, cupcakes, whatever the case may be. You can't go wrong with this Cacao Bliss. It's very, very good. And for today, you know, Earth Echo will also plant a tree and remove three plastic bottles bound for the ocean with every order. So you not only get delicious and nutritious Cacao Bliss, but you can feel good about helping the environment as well. So shop 
www.earthechofoods.com slash realitysteve and use discount code realitysteve for 15% off when you visit Earth Echo Foods. That's shop.earthechofoods.com slash realitysteve. Use the discount code realitysteve for 15% off everything at Earth Echo Foods. If you can't remember that URL code, it doesn't matter. Go to the episode description wherever you listen to your podcast. Click on Earth Echo Foods. It'll bring you right to the Cacao Bliss landing page and do what you want there. All right, let's get started. Podcast number 348. Okay, let's bring her in. Uh, she's the senior feature editor for Variety. She's a multi-time guest on this podcast. It is Emily Longeretta. Emily, how are you doing? I am great. How are you? I'm doing good. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. First question right off the bat. Just want to ask this, and I want your honest opinion. Have you seen the Barbie movie? <laughs> I have not yet. I am, I'm the, I am one of the few that has not seen it yet. I will be going this weekend. Okay, so I feel like everything in this world right now is is Barbie and it's funny because this movie hasn't even opened yet has it I do I it's so funny that you are so right I feel like I've been seeing all over social media a lot of my friends of course I follow a lot of industry people but a lot of my friends have already seen it and they're talking about it and I was like wait a minute it's not it's not open yet have you seen it no I have not seen it (laughs) (laughs) um I just I when does this thing open is it this weekend it finally opens it's got to be right yes it is it is this weekend it is the 21st so it'll be open in a few days and we will uh finally finally get to see if if it's what everyone is talking about I mean people are going crazy for it so the people that you know that have seen it what have they said that it's very fun that it's very fun and that it's not what you expect so I haven't read too much because I kind of don't want to be spoiled, but that it's like a lot of fun. I don't know if it's going to be an Oscar movie, but I, also I don't know what the Oscars are even going to look like when we get to that point. So yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't think this was ever going to be up for an Oscar, but no. and I don't think this is going to be some convoluted plot either. It's Barbie. You know, it's going to be exactly. whatever. <laughs> just yeah. OK, so OK, so you haven't seen you haven't seen it. That's fine. I just wanted to uh, kind of start with that. And let's uh, let's let's talk about uh, the the main thing I wanted to have you on for is to talk about what's going on in Hollywood with the Writers Guild Association striking. And then last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, SAG and AFTRA joining in. Can you explain to the layperson what exactly this means, what it entails and what it's going to affect going forward until they come to some sort of resolution? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something that everyone's kind of been asking, what does it mean for the future? Uh, First, we'll go back a little, what you said first, to why it's happening. It's happening for fair wages. So the writers were first that they were really fighting for trying to get a fair negotiation when it comes to being paid, when it comes to health care, when it comes to whether or not they can be losing their jobs to AI. And the same thing goes to with the actors who are trying to, you know, not be not take have their images being taken from one thing they do and be used multiple times over the years without them getting paid for it. So really, it comes down to being paid fairly when the CEOs are making a certain amount of money, and then the writers and the actors are not when it comes to especially also residuals. That's one of the really big things is that with streaming, uh, shows that are getting rewatched now on Netflix or Max or whatever it is, these actors and writers are getting nothing where they used to be, they used to be getting residual checks every week when they would show reruns. And a lot of people would live off of those checks. And now it's not, you know, they're getting absolutely nothing while these streaming services are making so much money. So that's definitely why it's happening. Um, and I think how it's going to affect it is it's already affecting it. Some networks have already revealed their uh, fall schedules and they have changed a lot of them to, a lot of reality, which is, you know, good for people like you and I who love reality TV, but not any scripted shows because they can't film anything. So anything that is already in the can completely, they can film, but they cannot promote. They can, Or they can air, but they cannot promote. Um, but they can't be on set. So no actors can be on set. No writers can be on set. So no one doing post-production can be on set. So there's nothing being filmed right now. And as some people know, right now is when scripted tv is in the writer's room and getting back to work usually these scripted shows go into production right now so with every day that this gets pushed it means every one less day that uh shows can be made so for those people who are looking forward to you know new seasons of any any scripted show law and order svu i mean they're just not going to get it in the fall the fall is going to be reruns and a lot of reality 
So I want to play devil's advocate here, but I don't want to play it because I'm siding with the streaming services and the Hollywood types, because I don't. I support the Writers Guild and I support mm-hmm. SAG and AFTRA. But I want to play devil's advocate to see exactly what is the productions, uh, not the production side, but what is the Hollywood side and the streaming services, what is their argument in return when the writers and SAG and AFTRA are saying, look, you're making all this money off streaming. We're getting nothing on our residuals. And number one, you're not releasing the numbers on streaming. So we have no idea that a show, an episode that we wrote for Law & Order SVU that's been rewatched 500,000 times on Netflix, I'm not seeing that number. So you can easily not pay me anything that I'm worth if it happened to get downloaded 500,000 times. Right. What is their comeback to these writers and SAG and AFTRA what are they saying? Because it just doesn't even seem like a fair fight. Yeah, I mean, this is completely mapped out because people have these questions. And I will say, after I read, read, you can go through and read the entire document of what SAG is asking for and what their responses are. And a lot are just straight out refusing to refusing to even respond to it. So refusing to even respond to an AI proposal <laughs> instead of having a conversation or, you know, when they're asking for 58% increases in salaries, refusing to respond. It's that's the biggest frustration from what I've spoken to people out there on the line and talk to what they're out there doing is they want to be able to have an open dialogue. And a lot of the studios are not, they don't want to discuss a lot of these points. Um, and they, they are thinking that, what they are making is fair because yes, while the CEOs are being paid the highest, that's always going to be the case in any company in any industry that down the line that the writers are on par with the others, which is not true if we, we can see that, but that's, it's, it's very confusing. It's a lot of people that are wondering the same thing you just asked. What, how can they be arguing this and how can this be okay? Which is why there was not even, not even a question to when, why this, this strike was going to happen. So a lot, like you just said, I can read through the document and I also don't really know. Yeah. It just, it obviously there's a lot of wording and it's a lot of industry speak that I guess if you're, if you're not well-versed in it, you might just, it might just give you tired head. Cause you're just like, what is this all? What does this all mean here? Um, but it just does seem like, you know, when someone like, uh, you know, Bob Iger, who runs, and he made his comment the other day that's pissing everybody off, yes. um, which was, off the top of my head, I can't remember it, but what is it? What did he say the other day? Um, he said that it's it's very disturbing what they are claiming and that, I should probably pull up the quote so I don't misquote him, but uh he, he really was standing by the studios and he really made it known that he was not looking to support the writers or the actors. Yeah. And it's that his, they're, he, they were saying that he was saying that their asks are, you know, uh, very unrealistic, which is pretty silly to think of someone who is, you know, making $70,000 a day. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, when, <laughs> when Bob Iger, who is the, currently the Disney CEO, mm-hmm. um, made $45.9 million in 2021 for him to come out and say they're asking way too much. It makes him sound like an asshole. It really does. Right. And it's not even if, if the facts were there that it was, they were, he was, they were asking for too much or if there was, you know, proof of that, it'd be one thing, but for, for it to come from him while he's at sun Valley, while he's sitting there, you know, it just, it looks really bad optics wise. I think there's no, no one can say that that looks like a good thing. Yeah. It just, yeah, exactly. The optics of that are terrible. And when you make that much money and you got people underneath you that produce and write and direct and act in the shows and movies that are under your umbrella and you're making $46 million a year, you might not want to say they're asking too much. It just, yeah. That the asks are unrealistic. Like, no, there's a lot of unrealistic things going on, but that's not one of them. So yeah. I think I, it's it's a, it's a really scary time, I will say, for everybody, because there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things that you can read through the FAQ page on the Sagrafers site and you can read through, you know, all the social media. But there's a lot of questions still out there. Yeah. And I don't know if we're I mean, it doesn't look like we're any closer to a resolution from when this first started based on everything that I've read so far. No, absolutely not. They are not even close. I've been out every day um, on the line just to, to talk to people, to see how the, how, you know, what the feeling is, what the temperature is. Um, and there is right now no negotiations happening because they're, they don't, 
they cannot see, see eye to eye. They are really, really asking for a lot of things that they do not want to give them. So there's a lot of money issues. There's a lot of health care issues that they're not, you know, a lot of these members aren't even eligible for health care under SAG, even though they are SAG members because they aren't making enough to be eligible. So that's a whole argument as well. So since day one, I think that this there hasn't been much of a shift in the writers who I will say there are some writers I've seen every single day out there, the same writers out there every single day that and not just writers who are lower lend. There are big there are big showrunners out there who are standing with their their staff of writers. So it's a very, very interesting time. So you sit there and you see the strike going on and you see these people picketing in Hollywood. You see them picketing in New York and you just wonder, I don't know, what's it going to take for this to get overturned? Because, look, I, I understand they're fighting for what they want. And I and, you know, but, I, you know, they've made they've made what they've wanted known. I don't mm-hmm. know what standing outside with a sign is going to do to change anybody's mind. So my whole thing is how do you get them to the bargaining table? How do you get the studios to the bargaining table and get this done? I just, I don't know how it's done. And I don't know at what point, who do you think caves first? Is it actors and writers who are saying, I would think more so the writers because actors, we know at least the top end actors are making 15, $20 million a film and whatnot. They're not, they're not hurting for money, but writers certainly are. So who, who caves first studios or the writers? the studios can't you know all these studios people that are making all this money can't make money without the writers and actors they yeah. can't pr- produce content without them so that's kind of what they're hoping is we are standing in front of the line in front of the entrance to all these studios where they physically cannot go in without crossing the line and i also wanted to say because this is something that i've had this conversation a lot with people in my family and people who are like these actors who are making all this money and are out there doing this and you know we see these high end actors 85% of the SAG-AFTRA, which is 160,000 members, don't qualify for health care. And the number to qualify for health care is $26,000 a year. So that's 26, that's 85% of people aren't making $26,000 a year under, under SAG. Okay. So that's a lot of actors and a lot of below the line workers who literally can't buy, can't pay rent because we all know $25,000 is not something you can live off of in most cities. So it is, it, actually bizarre so my mind my mind is i asked the question is you who is going to cave first my hope is that the studios will i think that there's going to have to be another a lot of negotiating and i think they're going to have to meet in the meet in the middle somewhere because we know that in any strike it's never going to be one one place complete one side completely you know caves but they're going to have to meet on some things i think ai and and uh the ai and i think background actors and that kind of things are not going to be something that SAG is going to give up on without getting at least some sort of help there. Yeah, and that's the thing that's that's interesting to me because you mentioned if you, those numbers, if those numbers are accurate, which I'm assuming they are, that mm-hmm. 85% of SAG and AFTRA people don't make $26,000 a year, which means they don't qualify for health insurance. Right. Then I, to me, that means they can't be out of work very much longer because not only are they yep. not, not making their 26, they're not getting up to being able to collect health insurance. So it seems like, and I'm sure, you know, they obviously want to get back to work and be, and be paid handsomely for it. And, or just not even handsomely, just pay us what we're worth. If our, if we, if we write an episode of CSI and it's streamed X amount of times, we should get paid appropriately on that. And that's the whole thing that's yeah, just, just not happening. Paid period. Cause they don't get paid right now. They don't get paid anything for streaming. Yeah. And there's no, so. yeah, no payment for streaming right now, which is just, it's utterly ridiculous. That's why I'm not siding with the studios on this. It's just, I'm wondering, it seems like studios can hold out longer than an actor can when 85% aren't making $26,000 a year. I, so it's like the studios right. have a shit ton of money, I think in reserves just because of how much money they've made over the years. But uh, man, this is fascinating. <laughs> I just, I, I, I wanted to end because as much as I like reality TV, I can only take so much of pressure luck and celebrity jeopardy every week. You know, it's like, well, uh, what, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's actually crazy. But I mean, in two thousand, when this actor struck went on strike last time, it lasted six months. Yeah. I mean, who knows what could happen? But I also it's also an interesting time i mean for like for my job i can't write you know the emmys are coming are the emmys gonna come i don't know are they gonna get pushed back i have no idea no one can promote their shows so i can't do any interviews right now no one is available to talk 
So that makes my job very difficult. And now it's affecting influencers, which is something, I mean, you and I see all the time. The influencers can't, you know, a lot of influencers are promoting Barbie because Barbie's sending out their uh, their marketing money to these influencers. They're using their money to send it there because they're allowed to post it for the time being. That is very- that is crazy. And let's also not forget the writer strike in 2000 also gave us the most convoluted and horrible storylines for Friday Night Lights where they just skipped over a bunch of stuff because they got <laughs> screwed over by the writer's strike after about, I think about, I think they were eight or ten episodes in and then they came back and only wrote like six more and it was just like, oh, wait a second, you completely just had to go in a different direction with certain things. Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, it's it really is fascinating and I, I want it to end. Um, the one thing that I, I also had a question about in regards to SAG and AFTRA not being able to do promotions, appearances, being able to film anything, mm-hmm. but there are game shows out there that can film, but game shows for the most part are hosted by actors. You know, Michael Strahan hosts $100,000 Pyramid, Elizabeth Banks hosts Press Your Luck. Those people, I'm assuming, can go back, like, why can they go back and film those episodes of Pressure Luck and $100,000 Pyramid and the other game shows that are going to be coming back? But is that not crossing the picket line? So it's not crossing the picket line because mm-hmm. if if you are hosting a game show, it's a separate waiver for SAG-AFTRA. It's a separate... Ah almost a separate separate contract the same way as if you know they can't participate in dancing with the stars but a julianne huff can still host dancing with the stars granted uh, oh geez I, I didn't even think about dancing with the stars because i, I just had this conversation because i'm like who are they gonna cast <laughs> it's gonna be all reality tv contestants on dancing with the stars this year sure is or like musicians, I guess. I don't know. I mean, oh, it's going to wow. be a very interesting time. And the same thing goes for, you know, the mass singer. Yeah. Can none of no actors can do it. Those, but the, but the, the judges can be it. there. But Robin, the judges post can. Yes. Okay. So they can be there. It's just. Huh. I just. Can we just end this but, thing? I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about everything getting pushed back and, and whatever. I mean, obviously I my coverage is is Bachelor World, and that's not going anywhere because none of these people are sag after it. But, man, I just, yeah, you hear about it's just going to be game shows and reality TV until this ends. And I did read I did read one of the streaming services or one of the networks is just going to, like, bring back old episodes of stuff. Like, they can run, I don't know, the CBS wants to run NCIS or whatever. They'll just run old episodes in their, right. in its regular that's- time slot. That's what they're going to do right now. I mean, NBC announced today, you know, the Chicago shows, the Law and Orders, those are all just going to air reruns. reruns. ABC's going to air reruns of Abbott Elementary. They're going to, you know, I, I mean, and then we're seeing things like CBS bringing Yellowstone to primetime. Yeah, I saw which, that. So it's like, there's, you know, they're also thinking like, where can, what can we pull? You know, if there's a Peacock original, are we going to end up seeing it on NBC? Maybe, maybe people will watch a show then. They don't watch Peacock. Maybe they'll watch it on a sh- on the, on TV. So they, I, networks are obviously always also going to have to get creative because even if they put out a new show, they also can't promote it. No one can do interviews. No one can do premieres. So it's going to be very interesting to see what that looks like. Which brings me to my next point, because this ended up being a topic on one of my podcasts last week. Uh, uh, July 13th, about six days ago, you sent out a tweet, which I reposted and, re- and uh, reread in my podcast, and I want to talk about it, was mm-hmm. um, your tweet said, since my <laughs> job is built so much around FYC, which, can you explain what FYC is? Yeah, for your consideration, which is, you know, the marketing campaign around shows for the Emmys. So any gotcha. any any way that shows are promoting for the Emmys. So you wrote that SAG After says no promotion for TV streaming shows during the strike, which means no uh, for your consideration season for them. However, Writers Guild said the same at the beginning, but did find a way to do some promotion that will change. And then where? Oh, crap. Where's the one that I was? I think I might was have read it, the wrong one. Was it about? rewatch podcasts and oh no here it is here's here it is you said here's a list of rules of what sag members can and cannot do during the strike including promotion of any past work done as a sag member so yeah no 90s con and no promoting rewatch podcasts (laughs) okay let's talk about this 
because yeah. since you wrote this that has changed a little bit yes this has changed since i wrote this okay so what changed because when i saw uh, when i said when i saw that you wrote no promoting rewatch podcast which a ton of people yeah. are doing, you know one tree hill 9021 omg uh back to the beach with you know you know steven and uh, <laughs> yeah. steven and Kristen. what did no promoting rewatch podcast mean then and what does it mean now well, so first, let me mention the 90s con thing, because I, I a lot of people called me out during the during the SAG uh, press conference. Someone specifically asked about 90s con specific like by name, because they asked if it's because they said promoting past work. So, you know, the cast of Saved by the Bell goes and they do a panel about talking about their experience on the show. They can't do that anymore. So I spoke. They said at that panel, the SAG leaders said, or at that uh, press conference, the SAG leaders said no to 90s con and no promoting past work, whether it's via podcast, whether it's via anything. They said no. Then, as people continued to reach out, I work very closely with the Boy Meets World rewatch podcast. I've done a lot with them. Yeah. I've done a lot with like the One Tree Hill one. It's. I was like, okay, so what are the rules with this? If you guys see this week, both of those podcasts came out. The Boy Meets World podcast got the okay from their SAG rep that it was okay to continue theirs. Whereas the Drama Queens, One Tree Hill one, they had not gotten the okay yet. So they put a pin in it and did a question, a Q&A podcast. So basically they can't speak about a, a project that was done of, of, that was done via SAG, which is pretty much every scripted show. So I don't yeah. know how i don't know how these some of these podcasts are allowed because now these conventions the vampire diaries convention that happened this weekend they were able to go the cast was able to go but they asked fans not to ask questions about working on the vampire diaries <laughs> well, what, well what a waste that is it doesn't make any sense what are they going to talk like, to him about what'd you do last right, weekend so like, like huh i guess these actors can go which is a nice way for actors to make money. Obviously, we know in the, in the convention world and these podcasts, they are able to make money this way. So if they go to these conventions and, you know, sign autographs or they get paid to be there, that's great. But if they are signing an autograph, of, they can't sign it on a photo of them at, in character. Uh, so uh, it is so confusing. Uh, and yeah. I find so I've gone back and forth so many times with different conventions, with different podcasts. I've asked so many questions about this because it's a big part of, I mean, it's a big part of my daily life. I listen to a lot of rewatch podcasts. So yeah. I was very, very curious with that. So I don't know the strict answer to that because some are being told they can and some are being told they cannot. It seems like it's a case by case basis because yeah. uh, 902 on OMG released one this week where they literally went over um, the finale of season four of Beverly Hills 90210, which was Shannon Doherty's last episode, and they covered it. So Thanks. they sat there on their podcast and they talked about a the finale from season four and their last so last episode. I do think some of it has to do with whoever the owner is, because I know independent podcasts are permitted. If it's you know some a lot of them are iHeart, a lot of them are through you know through Spotify or through Wondery or how, whoever's hosting it. Maybe that maybe the rules are different with that. I think there there must be a case by case like specific yeah. break contract. Now, when you say '90s con, that came up, and the reason why I read your tweet was because I had just spoken probably the day before about the fact that. Um, the 90s con in Tampa in September 15th, 16th, and 17th has the original 90210 cast. And me being yes. the 90210 just aficionado that I am, had to talk about it. And then I read that. I'm like, wait a second. Now they're not going to have it or they can't go. And look, if the 90210 cast is showing up in Tampa for two days, I'm sorry. Nobody's going to want to go if they can't say one word about the show, they can't sign a picture of them from, you know, the, sh the show at all. Like I, what's happening with nineties con in Tampa. It's nineties con in Tampa is still on. They have been posting, they've been tweeting that that is still on. Um, the, the woman behind it, I'm in touch with, I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing a full, full house cast reunion panel yeah, as well. I read that. Uh, with the creator and you know a lot of the boy meets world people charm people they're all planning on still going my i think the question turns in now to will these people actually show up because there are certain people on that panel on that group like gabriel gabrielle carteris yeah. who is the former bag president there's no way she shows up to this because there is no way she's comfortable with it that's the thing is some actors may feel that 
you know, that it's, it's against, it looks, it's a bad look for them. Yeah. Some may not, I mean, do they deserve to make money? Of course they do. So, you know, it, that's a great way for them to make money and connect with fans. It's a great thing for them to do. I've been to nineties con. It's a well put on great co- convention, but I just, I don't know if the actors are going to agree to come. That said, we have a few more weeks until it is. So maybe cross your fingers. Maybe things will be worked out a little bit by then. Yeah. I'm doing worst case scenario here of, Hey, this is still going on in September. And what happens? Like, does that original cast still show up? So, because honestly, I was considering going if because yeah. I'm like, I might go to Tampa for a weekend just to hang out, well, hang out with them, but you know, to see them. Yeah. But then I was like, eh, I don't know. I went, I went to Connecticut last year to to go because I was there. They did a Hocus Pocus cast, and I was like, I want to go see the Hocus Pocus cast. <laughs> I'll be there. (laughs) Okay, so maybe you can shed some light on this because this is the other topic. And the only reason I brought the whole thing up was because I'm probably taking this more personal than even the people involved. But I am so pissed off. I am so disgruntled about why Tiffany Amber Thiessen is excluded from everything involving 90210. Now, I understand that this particular 90s con they're calling themselves the OG cast. I understand, yes, Tiffany Amber Thiessen was not in seasons one through four. So mm-hmm. maybe if they want to use the, hey, the OG cast is going to 90s con, I get it. But we all know that she's not invited to anything. And I don't know if it's because she doesn't want to be a part of it. If she's even asked, my guess is no. But nobody has ever given me a solid answer. I know that there's a Howard Stern interview from 12 years ago where Tiffany Amber Thiessen said, look, I wasn't treated well on set and but that was 12 years ago like these people all married they all have kids now you can't tell me that they can't get over whatever happened but yet i know for a fact she is excluded from basically everything she was excluded from the reboot show that came out a few years ago like why do you have any insight as to why and it's basically tori and jenny i don't know i don't think jason and brian and, and ian have any issue with her it's clearly a tori jenny versus tiffany thing do you know anything about this i absolutely do not know and ah! I, I i think it's out of i think it's pointed that she hasn't they haven't said what it is yeah i there has to be like you said i mean she said that she didn't even know about the the show when they were redoing the show a couple of years ago so clearly they were not asking her yeah uh, but she also was very much like it was she does show up to say by the bell things. I know. That's what I'm saying. It just, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Obviously there, I mean, it makes sense in the sense that we know that Tori and Jenny are excluding her. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, for whatever reason, whatever it was, it, I, I guarantee you it was years ago. I'm talking 10 to 15 years ago. I'm just shocked that they can't put their differences aside. And yeah. you know, this was, as somebody pointed out this week, um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen spent more time on 90210 than Shannon Doherty did. Like, don't pretend like she was just a one-season character. She was on mm-hmm. from season five to season nine, and I just don't get whatever it was, even if it was you slept with my husband, which I don't think it is, <laughs> but I, even if it was, like, everyone in that group, Jenny, married, Tori, well, <laughs> still don't know. I still don't know if Tori's married or not or what the hell's going on with that, but, you know, Tiffany's been married for years. She's got two kids. Uh, Jason's married. Ian divorced or whatever, but he's got kids. Like, right. I, I can't believe they can't all get together and say she was an integral part of the show. She, her appearance on that show changed the whole trajectory of what type of show it was. It got way more adultish, way more yeah. sexual. It, it put her on the map. It's it's her defining uh, career job, I would, I would say. I mean, it's... She hasn't done anything bigger since then, and I don't think – I mean, you could you can compare Say by the Bell and 90210, but I think that one, while we knew her on Say by the Bell, 90210 put her on the map, and she's never, I don't think, been on a show for five seasons since then. So it's her defining acting career and yet totally shunned, and it's just yeah, like, I mean, so I confusing. Think, yeah, I think, I think there's part of it – part of it is that she doesn't want to do the big conventions, I think, because I know that in the past, even when Saved by the Bell cast went, not even just like the the uh, panels and things like that, but doing like the photo ops and the autographs, I had heard that she wasn't 
keen on doing that. She wasn't very comfortable. I mean, some actors don't like to do it. Hmm. So maybe it's as simple as that. I just can't imagine that they've had so many reunions with the entire cast that I don't see how like she's never been part of one of them. It's very, very strange. Yeah, never been part of one of them. To not even be asked, and she had no idea about the reboot show. Again, it's mm-hmm. clear she's being excluded uh, by Jenny and Tori, and it's just it's frustrating. I, I just yeah. I do not understand it, and and it's just crazy that none of them will really speak to it. What I find interesting is. You know, I just I, I just told you that, you know, 902 and OMG just did the season four finale. Well, you know, they they do a podcast every week where they talk about a past episode. Well, now yep. they're getting now they're moving on to season five. Like, what is Jenny and Tori going to say when they're re- when they're covering the episodes now that Valerie Malone, Tiffany Amber Thiessen is in every single one? Are they going to trash her? Are they going to compliment her acting skills that you can't? They can't do a rewatch of every single episode from season five to season nine and and ignore the Valerie storylines. And it'll be really interesting to hear what they say. I can't wait. Well, this is the reason I listen to rewatch podcasts for the most, because like like you, I get so obsessed with like what was going on in their personal lives. And I I'm so curious. I mean, One Tree Hill the same way. I mean, two people on One Tree Hill were married and then divorced and it was very messy. So I'm always, you know, fascinated by when they talk about that. And then, you know, Boy Meets World, the same thing when it comes to them not speaking to Ben Savage anymore, which is something I posted recently, but they are very complimentary of him as an actor on the show. So it's maybe they will be completely just cordial and be sweet about it i don't know if that's the case but now i'm excited to hear now that you just said that i'm like now i now i'm thinking about it more yeah they're they they just did the season four finale so it should be the next episode they do is episode one season five which is when valerie shows up at the very towards the end at the you know the barbecue in the backyard and at the end of the episode she's smoking a joint at the windowsill like this is Mm -hmm. i want to know what jenny and tori say because they don't like her clearly so right i am I uh, I can't wait because I look I have not listened to one nine hundred two one OMG podcast I I've 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 read recaps of them some of the yeah. episodes but I just I, I didn't really need to listen didn't want to but now for five I definitely want to tune in just to see how <laughs> they cover Tiffany and totally. what they say about her um <laughs> the uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention oh to kind of draw a blank there anyway. Uh, we can move on. If I remember it, I remember it. Um, I want to move on to, I got to ask you this question because you tweeted it out. So I needed to ask you, why are you more excited for the golden bachelor than, than, um, I don't know, regular bachelor season. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I have fallen off a little bit with bachelor and bachelorette. I still watch paradise, but I, I know it's, I know part of it is like my, the amount of TV that I have to watch for my job. So it's just changed. Yeah. But I think the past seasons I've just been, I've gotten bored with a couple of the leads and not even just nothing wrong with them. I just gotten bored. Um, so I think that I've fallen off and the, a lot of the stuff that people that were being cast were not for me. A lot of it also is personal preference. I prefer older men. So I was like, when I heard this was coming, I was like, I don't even know if this is ever going to happen. I didn't even believe it until I got a heads up that this the art was coming and then the trailer and the video. And I, I, I mean, I haven't been excited. I haven't been this excited literally in years about a season. I cannot wait for this. Well, when you, <laughs> when you say older men, what, meaning what to watch on TV or just a personal preference? Cause older well, personal preference, older for me personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, but, but a this guy's twice as old always, as you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's my father. So, you know, obviously yeah. that's not. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 okay, I see what you're saying. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, the promo photos, I don't think, I, I think they could have done, they could have really toned down the face tuning and the spray tanning because <laughs> I thought his GMA interview is clearly, that's who he is, not his promo photos. His promo photos were, they really went hard on the wrinkles to get him out of the picture. I'm just like, okay, this guy is 71. Let's. Let's show. Now he looks great for seventy one for sure. Right. When I first saw, when I first found out about him this weekend and was sent a picture of him, I thought when I when I because I didn't know the age, um, even though it was out there, I forgot. I didn't realize the age was floating around that he was seventy one. I thought he was early sixties. I thought he was like sixty three, maybe sixty five. So to be seventy one and look like that, I mean, good looking guy. Um, but 
the promo photos are uh, way too overdone. I just, I, I thought like, you know, when the women meet him at the mansion, they're not meeting his promo photos. They're meeting the guy that was on the GMA interview. And uh, not that they saw the promo photos, because I'm sure that they are already cooped up in their hotel with, right. with filming starting. But yeah, I mean, look, they've never done this. We are in a strike, so they need to, you know, they need to throw more programming out there of, of reality TV. It's only going to be one hour on Monday nights. So clearly this is going to be a little bit of a rushed season. I don't think this is going to get a full, like, 11-week season like a Bachelor or Bachelorette season does. Um, but is it going to be at 10 p.m.? Because yeah. if they're trying to throw it, bring in an older crowd, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, it's airing on Monday nights after Dance with the Stars two-hour episode. So it's going to be at 10. <laughs> yeah. So you have an older crowd that now has to stay up till 11 o'clock at night to watch the one-hour episode of The Golden Bachelor every Monday Yeah, nights. I mean, we'll be watching it the next day on streaming for sure. But yeah. I... Or I'll be hoping to get the episode ahead of time so that I can, you know, not be falling asleep because I want to I want to watch this. I I think I also am just really excited for like, obviously, there'll still be drama because it's a reality show and there has to be. But like adult conversations more than what we've been seeing in the past. Like this is this is there's going to be so much more adult like situations and about serious like actual things that you talk about when you're in a relationship because obviously if this man is in his 70s and I assume that the women are going to be also in that age range yeah I when this was all being talked about and applications were going out they had said that the women that they wanted to apply needed to be 65 or older so it's not like you know when this first came out and a lot of people that were completely out of touch with this were literally thinking great, he's going to pick from a bunch of 30 and 40-year-olds. I'm like, look, I understand that you don't have the highest opinion of The Bachelor show and the franchise and how production handles things, but um, they would take so much shit if they had a 71-year-old Bachelor and he was choosing from a bunch of 40-year-olds. Like That would play right into the stereotype of Hollywood that all the Hollywood leading men go for younger women. That would They would get destroyed if they did that. So, Yeah, they would never do that. And yeah. there's a lot... And the whole thing is like about us getting a second chance at love. So I'm sure it's going to be a lot of women who are also obviously trying to also get a second chance. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we, we've just never seen anything like this on any. I don't I don't remember yeah. anywhere where everyone on the show that's dating the lead is over 65 years old. And clearly these people are going to have life experiences so much more than anybody that's ever been on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette who are, you know, a 24 year old secretary. It's like, great. What, what have you been through in life? Really? You know, versus right. a 65 year old widow who has exactly. been through a lot and just, you know, he's a widower. So his well, wife and, died in 2017. Yeah. And I'm so like how these women are going to be living in a house with other women. I feel like I'm in my thirties and I was like, that'd be the worst part for me is I don't want to live in a house with all these other women. These are grown women who have to live in a house with other women. Like I, it's just going to be so so interesting to see because I also don't think that the drama is going to be anywhere similar to what we've seen in the past because these women aren't going to be catty like fighting down each other's throats you know so I don't know yeah no I that was my biggest thing when I first heard about this was okay it's new 71 year old bachelor older women in the house but women who are 65 and older that are going on this show I'm assuming haven't lived with a roommate since, oh, I don't know, their 30s? Like, now right. all of a sudden you're going to cram them all into the mansion and they're going to be on bunk beds, like on The Bachelor? And these, it's easy to do it on The Bachelor because these are 24 to 28 year old women who probably, one, live with roommates, and two, are only a few years removed from college where they were probably in bunk beds. Right. You're going to put 65 year old women and cram 10 of them into a room and, and sleep in twin beds like they do? I, I don't, there's no way. I think. I honestly think, and I, I haven't heard anything. I gotta believe that they're gonna have these women in a, in a local hotel, and they're gonna get and they're gonna get to sleep at a hotel every night. I don't know. It just seems like I, I can't see them doing this. I, but yeah, maybe they I, will. I, I don't know. That's and that's one of the things that I mean. You know, my colleague Elizabeth, she's all over Bachelor stuff too for Variety, and she and I have had these conversations. And I was like, these are the stories I want to do. It's like, what is what is the difference? Are they? I feel like the dietary restrictions and the way they're cooking, everything is going to be so different. Yeah. So like, I want to know all of the details. Yeah. I think this is, um, I, if I'm them and I'm certainly not a producer of television whatsoever, especially not reality television, but I really hope that the dates 
I've heard there's no international travel. It's just going to be domestic. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope they tone down um, the sexual innuendo part of this show and the sexual like we don't need, we don't need ha- we don't need hot tubs. We don't need references to fantasy suites and stuff like that. Let's I, I, if I'm them, I focus more on these women's backstories, their families, then have them talk mm-hmm. about their children. I'm guessing there's going to be at least probably five to eight widows on this show mm-hmm. focus on that and focus on actual yeah I, I, this guy having a connection with women as opposed to hey let's go out uh to the jacuzzi or let's you know set up a hot tub in the middle of nowhere like we see so many times on the bachelor if and they, i think if they get away from that i think they'll be fine and i think it's yeah it's important to note that like there's nothing wrong with that if there's older people doing that of course not i just don't think it as you said, when older people are dating, that's not what their dating life looks like. Exactly. That is what people's dating lives. We, you know, go in a hot tub or go, you know, that's not what a 71 year old's dating life. They don't go on dates and go in a hot tub. Like that's not a conversation, like things that's happening. So yeah, I, ho- I hope you're right. I hope, I don't think fantasy suites will be a thing. I think at home visits will be, you know, meeting, meeting the kids rather than meeting the parents. So yeah. that's, kind of, you know, the little switcher that they can do there. So if if we are if we are going to do that if we are going to do a hometowns I, I i would think you know i it'll be interesting i mean i'm curious to see if they do domestic filming which is what i've heard if it's going to be like bachelor and bachelorette and people are going to you know send me pictures of hey they're out filming here and stuff like that if it if it piques people's interest if they're going to notice them and and want to be a part of it if they're going to have like they do for some of the bachelor dates like the kissing date that they did this season mm-hmm. uh for charity you know they invite the crowd out hey there's going to be a group date that you can all attend you know sign up to this email address and and come out are they going to do that for uh the golden bachelor to draw just some interest and get people out to see them out and about um it's fascinating i i I mean i i have no idea how well this is going to do i i don't know who they're appealing to in this i mean are, are 18 to 15 or 18 to 34 year old women is this their demo what is what is their demo for this show? Are they trying to draw the bachelor and bachelorette crowd and get them to watch a man in his seventies date? I, I don't know. I don't know. And that's the thing is what is the answer to that? I think every network also is starting to wonder the same thing though. Like what is our, you know, in this world of strike is this world of re of changing up all of their schedules. Is that what, you know, who is the audience on ABC anymore? It comes on right after Dancing with the Stars. Who is the audience on Dancing with the Stars? That is an older audience. So does that go toward the, does it go to the same one? Maybe. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh, We know it starts in the fall and we know it's on Monday nights after a two hour Dancing with the Stars, assuming (laughs) Dancing with the Stars doesn't get pushed back or whatever the case may be, or they don't cancel Dancing with the Stars. You will see. Uh, Yeah. Um, You had uh, you didn't do this story, but you retweeted a story that I just saw the headlines for and I had no idea this was coming out. Can you fill me in on MTV is doing a reality show, a new dating series called The Love Experiment. What do you know about this? Yeah, we got this pitch and I was like, I was bummed I couldn't write it because I didn't have time yesterday. And I was like, oh, this sounds right up my alley. I mean, MTV has been trying to get back into the like dating game for a while now and it hasn't really worked they are you the one hasn't been on for a while um but this one they're calling like it's gonna be three best friends who are basically going into like a room of eligible men so it's um the women are picking like who they want to date so it's women in their 20s the three women i think are in their late 20s maybe early 30s Hmm. um and it's they work with a relationship expert to like help pick which one is the best for them oh, okay and there's a ton of guys who are in there late from ages 20s to 30s i actually think there there is a couple 40 year olds in the group too which i'm actually very happy about but um and so these three women will have to figure out who is the best bat like best match for them gotcha well if your whole preference is the older men thing please tell me you've been watching the big d you know i haven't watched it yet in oh. three other so many people have told me. I think literally three people this week have been like, "You got to check this out," because I love Temptation Island. So I don't know why I don't just watch them back to back. And I, so I'm sure I will like it. Wait, so you're watching Temptation Island this season and then just shutting your TV off when when Island you ends? Know, 
this is bad to say. I actually don't get USA, so I watch it afterward on oh, stream. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so but do you you really like the Big D? Oh, I love it. I think it's I think it's really good, and it you know it's yes, there's drama, but the thing is, it's like it's 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 really interesting because it's one thing to like have X on the beach or what MTV does when they have their challenge and some of the themes are, Oh, you got to pair up with somebody who hates you, who you hated in the past, or you, you rivaled with in the past. They've had rivals, they've had exes, mm-hmm. you know how it goes on, on the challenge. Yeah. This is, it's one thing to have your ex show up on a show, somebody that you dated, maybe it's just somebody that you hooked up with. This is someone that you were fucking married to that you yeah, have to go, wild. you go to, I think it was filmed in, um, it was filmed in Costa Rica and mm. your ex-wife and your ex-husband is there and you date while your ex is there and watching you date. Oh, and then there is a there is an on-show therapist. Uh, you know, it's, the thing is, the thing that I find so interesting about it is some of them are over their exes. And they went and they went to the Big D. They show up in Costa Rica wanting to move on from their ex. Some mm-hmm. of them are rekindling. So it's not all two people that absolutely, while they're divorced, they hate each other and they just want to move on. There is there is some of that, but there, there is also one of the people wants to move on, the other one wants to get back together. One of them is we want to rekindle our marriage because they're finally taught. And it's just, there's actually been oh. some really good conversations because they're finally talking about things, almost forced to. Because oh. they're, they're on this show to talk about things that they never talked about during their marriage. And now they're out on this island and they're talking about things and realizing, oh, maybe, you know, we can make this work. It's just a really interesting social experiment. I really like it. it I definitely will watch. Is it like five or six episodes in? Because I'll be done with it tonight. I'll end up. This is my thing is I start binging something and then I'm like up all night because I watch the entire season in one sitting. Yeah, tonight, <laughs> so I'll be into it. Tonight is episode six. Yeah. Oh, I mean. Okay, yeah, I'm sure I will watch watch all of it then. I'm so excited now that I have something new. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, and it's it started the same week that Temptation Island did and it airs, you know, right after it. But yeah, it's right. uh, it's really good. And there's there's vote-offs, you know. Um the 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 prize or whatever at the end of the show is either it's going to be a couple that has rekindled their marriage or it's going to be two people who went to that went to that island, went to Costa Rica, and have moved on and found love with one of the other singles who had moved on from their significant other. And then it's like $50,000. And I think a trip is, is, and it's voted on by the people I think who all come back and, uh, and vote for who we think is the couple that needs to succeed or we're giving them, we think that they have the best chance, uh, going forward, whether that's, like I said, a divorced couple that has decided to rekindle or two singles that hit it off in there. So really good. And obviously hosted by Jojo and Jordan gives right. it that little bachelor uh, Love that. taste to it. Um, yeah, really good. Um, as for temptation Island, obviously you're watching uh, this, yeah. this season, right? And you're all caught up. Yeah, I'm caught up. There is zero chance. Any of these couples are making it right. Like I'm not crazy in this. <laughs> like I, last, I, put it this way. Last week's episode, you saw the end of last week's episode. It was the guy's bonfire. Every single yeah. one of those guys said, I'm done. I'm moving. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, like they're over. They're completely over it. Yeah, they're completely over it. Roberto, um, uh, uh, not Roberto. Uh, yeah, Roberto, you know, wipes his hands together, shoots a jump shot. Yeah. I'm done with Maricela. Great sees Paris <laughs> in bed with Christian. He's like, I'm single now. Uh, <laughs> Hall sits up there and says, uh, Caitlin is the greatest woman I've ever known. Uh, she's... Uh, but I've known for the longest not time she's not the one for me. I'm like, Wait, my thing is also Caitlin and, Caitlin and Hall are the most two most mature people I've ever seen on a reality show. I was like, why did they come on this show? Everyone else is hot messes, and these two are like very mature and adult. And I'm, it makes me sad, but it's also like, did they just they knew they were breaking up and they wanted to come on TV first because they yeah. both just so nice and normal. Even the girl he's hanging out with seems pretty normal. So. I, I do fear for Caitlyn because I feel like she's going to be brokenhearted in the end. But yeah, I think none of, no, there's no way any of these couples get back together. Well, since last week's episode ended, I've already seen the screener for tonight's episode. I have. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> you haven't seen it? I have. Yes, I have seen it. Oh, yeah. So you did see it. So and this is actually airing on Thursday, so we can talk about this. Okay. So, right. yeah. So when the guys <laughs> ended last episode, then tonight, <laughs> the women, I think every one of them cried. 
uh, when they saw yeah. their clip, and mm-hmm. Caitlin's like, "Then why did you, why did you propose to me? Like if I, if you knew, and it for seems a long like, time, yeah, it, it seems like kind of what you just said. It's almost like Hall knew before he even went on this show. Yeah, I'm gonna break up with Caitlin. Might as well just do it and make it interesting and do it on a television show because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't we'll seem like power. they're they're gonna be able to salvage anything out of this, um, right? And then. You know, Vanessa and Roberto, I mean, my gosh, um, they are it just... Was, he was so offended that he said the exact same thing that she said. I know. That, like, he, that he's better than her. And she was so offended, which just kills me. <laughs> and then um, uh, Paris and Great, I mean, you saw the... I mean, <laughs> Great's now had uh, now had sex with Nafisa twice in the last two episodes. <laughs> um, they're in the... Co- <laughs> It was it was very um Titanic ish. Yeah. I was like, really with this? Are we doing the, a Titanic moment on yeah. Temptation Island? Yeah. Oh. And then Marisala and Crit. I actually really like Marisala. I feel like she's yeah. so sweet. Yeah, and 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 what's um, why am I blanking on it? Oh, Christopher. Uh, Christopher. Chris, yeah. Christopher. He's just like, yeah, I'm done with her. And then obviously <laughs> last night, uh, we see her literally getting into the shower with Christian. Yeah, and you're like, I was like, okay. oh. Okay. That's yeah. That's that's really going to sit well with Chris. I mean, he's he yeah. already said he's done with Maricela because he saw her laying in bed with Christian. Um, right. What's he going to say in the next whatever the next uh, <laughs> uh, bonfire is when he sees her walk into the shower with Christian? I'm you know? fully naked. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, so, this show is so entertaining. I I get so into it. Oh yeah, and I and the the light is the most savage twist they've ever had. <laughs> I know. I think it's great. It was it was literally the best addition they've ever done to that show. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I mean, just the fact that it had everybody literally freaking out and everybody thinking, "Oh, is it my guy? Oh, is it my girl?" Yeah. It was it was great. I hope they keep it. I'm. I gotta believe they're gonna keep it. You can't see why they wouldn't. So anyway, Emily, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the clarification on rewatch podcasts on '90s <laughs> Con. Um, I'm sorry we couldn't get to the bottom of why Jenny and Tori hate <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I will make it. My, I'm told. I said on my podcast last week. I'm going to make it my life gold. I want to be the mediator. I want to be the one yeah. that brings them back together. I don't know how it's going to happen, and nobody will ever listen to me. But I want it to happen. I I, I want to be the mediator. So because I don't understand it. But anyway, Emily, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And uh, we will be in touch. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much to Emily for coming on. Really appreciate that. Um, a good explanation to what's going on with the strike, uh, the writer strike and SAG and AFTRA, people striking. It just, it seems like they're so far apart, but at some point somebody's got to come to the table because people are losing money. People don't have health insurance right now. And with studios being as stringent as they are right now, it doesn't really seem like, you know, it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? The studios can't put anything new out if actors and writers are on strike, but the writers and actors that are on strike need to also work to make money. And you heard what she said. 85% of people that are in SAG and AFTRA, which is over 160,000 people, 85% of them don't even make $26,000 a year, which is the minimum you have to make to qualify for health insurance. So at some point, these people are going to run out of money. And they're not going to have any health insurance. So they need to go back to the table. There's got to be some sort of meeting point. Are the writers and actors going to get everything they want? No. Are the studios going to get everything they want? No. But you got to think that the studios and actors, they're going to come to some sort of agreement. And the biggest thing, I mean, we all know the biggest thing is the streaming stuff because they're not getting paid on it. And the studios are keeping the numbers away because they don't want people to see the numbers which means that they're going to have to pay their actors and actresses and writers and producers and directors more because we all know that people are going to streaming to watch their shows now. It's just network TV is dying. It's been dying for five years. All the numbers are down across the board outside of live sports and television shows are being watched on streaming rewatches of shows, you know, people going back and binging friends episodes and stuff like that. Like those actors, they're fine. That crew, because they all made a shit ton of money when they were on the show. But people are still watching that stuff. And to not get paid, like if you wrote an episode of Friends or you wrote an episode of The Office years ago and people are still watching it and you're making nothing off it, that's wrong. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, somebody's got to cave at some point, not necessarily cave and just give in and, you know, 
not get anything they want, but they're going to have to do better because right now, after a while, people are just going to be like, really? That's all we got to watch is repeats and reality shows and game shows because that's all that's going to be on TV come the fall. So anyway, thanks to Emily for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Please follow uh, in Apple Podcasts, rate and review as well. Um, the Sports Daily is up in the Sports Daily feed, my daily roundup is up in your feed as well in the Reality C podcast. And we're back again next week with another interview. And we'll be back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup and Sports Daily. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow.